BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. W Conspiracy Shack. Welcome back. I am Daniel. And I am Wilbur. Oh, gosh. Okay. I know. Uh, this week's episode, we're going to start covering fluoride in the water. Fluoride. Is it good for you? Is it good for your teeth? <laughs> I thought you were going to start doing the Charlie Manson thing. Do you, are you mad? Do you feel blame? Is fluoride good for your soul? <laughs> I think he had fluoride. Yeah, so we're still working out kind of how we want the show to flow and everything like that. Me, me and uh, Wilbur. Wilbur. Like the pig. Yes, from Charlotte's Way Up. Mm-hmm. Some pig. Uh, but no, so fluoride in the water is kind of a really weird one. Because uh, there's most other first world nations in the planet have abandoned this besides the U.S. Have a, a ban. Is that what you said? Abandoned this. Oh, abandoned. Okay. Like, they don't do this anymore. A lot of them did in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of European countries and stuff did it, and then they kind of backed off of it you know, for reasons we'll talk about later. But are you ready? I was born ready. First thing we're going to do is literally just read the CDC's article about fluoride in the water. So this is the official narrative. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's important to get both sides. Uh, but, yeah. Achievements in public health, 1990 to 1999... Fluoride or fluoridation? How do you say it? Fluoridation. Fluoridation of drinking water to prevent dental cri- crises by the CDC. 
fluoridation of communal, dr- communal drinking water is a major factor of responsibility for decline in dental crises, aka tooth decay, during the second half of this 20th century. The history of fluorid, our history of fluoridation, is a classic example of chemical observation leaning towards epilogical investigations of community-based public health and, inter- and interventions. Although our fluoride continuing produce, products are available, water fluoridation remains the most equitable and cost-efficient method of delivering fluoride to all members of most communities, regardless of age, education, and income level. Now, right off the rip, how many big, stupid words did they shove in that? Uh, too many. To make you feel stupid. Or to make them feel, feel smart. official. Yeah. It feels official because, yeah, it doesn't... It. I hate I hate when anybody does this. Anybody. Uh, I know you do. Can, can we say that in layman's terms? Yeah, so basically they're saying that this is uh, a major... They believe that this is the major benefit to the community for preventing de- like dental or help with dental hygiene, help with your tooth strengthening yeah. and stuff Strengthen like that. Strengthen your teeth and prevent cavities. And the best way to do that is putting it in the water because that's where most it hits most people. It comes in your pipes into your house. Mm-hmm. And in... Like they said, the products like toothpaste. That's your main, every major brand of toothpaste. Is fluoride. I, I will tell you it kills quail. Ooh. I'll spoil that right now. Interesting. Fluoride kills quail. But Red flag. If you breathe on quail or hit them with a light bulb, they die too. That's true. <laughs> Personal experience. Ain't that right, Daniel? Yeah. Yeah. Wilbur. Yeah, a quail jumped into a heat lamp the other day and exploded. <laughs> the heat lamp did, not the quail. Uh, he but, basically did. He died that day. Yeah, yeah. He broke the glass and caught fire. I just don't want anyone to imagine a quail exploding. He was about 10 seconds from it. <laughs> uh, so the dental crises. Uh, dental queries is an infectious, communicable, and malfunctionable disease. Man, I hate how they word this stuff. It's a disease. Mm-hmm. It's a tooth disease mm-hmm. uh, that affects the enamel surface of the tooth. Unchecked, this bacteria can pres- or it just causes all kind of problem. I'm not reading this whole stupid thing. They're just saying that it causes tooth rot, like any other tooth decay. Um, at the beginning of the 20th century, though, extensive dental uh, problems with was or this bacteria was common in the United States. In most other developing countries, no effective me- measures existed at the time for presenting this disease, and the most frequent treatment was tooth extraction because mm. people didn't brush their teeth. Well, no, it's because they didn't have fluoride. Oh, I'm sorry. In their toothpaste. So failure to meet the minimum standard of having six opposing teeth with a leading or the leading cause of rejection for military service in both world wars. For not having teeth? For not having at least six teeth because you couldn't eat your meals properly. Oh, okay, okay, makes more sense. So that's a big one of the big pushes for having fluoride in the waters, having with having better tooth, so they could put you into the army. Yes. <laughs> so that's, I wouldn't. Be, that's not really good. So that's incentive for, to brush our teeth. That's yeah, exactly. That's why there wasn't too many people from Kentucky or West Virginia in the army. Yeah. Because you couldn't put shoes on them. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm not joking. There was a, oh gosh, one of the MK Ultra studies. Well, eventually we'll do a whole series on this show, mm-hmm. but MK Ultra, Wilbur. Uh, Wilbur. Wilbur. I, I, with my accent, it just comes out wrong. I can't read. 
That's all right. Uh, no, so we'll do MK Ultra. But that was a big thing is they were trying to hypnotize a bunch of hillbillies in the army they to wear immune. shoes, and they were immune. It worked kinda, mm. uh, but there was other problems that would happen, like they'd eat each other. <laughs> you can't crack. You can't. You can't. You crack a brain. It, problems happen. <laughs> anyway, so soon. So water history of water fluoridation. It just sounds like you're saying it like it's Florida. Yeah, like yeah. The, the country's becoming f- a big Florida, which would mean we would have less teeth. And here's with your model enamel. So you were telling me about this. I'm just going to let you, if you want me to tell you dates and stuff like that, I'll tell you dates. But you were reading about this model enamel problem. So I, I think it started in the, they first started doing it in the 1920s. Is that 1901, for, Colorado oh, Springs. So early 1900s. They were testing um, communities with putting fluoride in the water for the purpose of uh Strengthening, oh, is it strengthening so enamel? So it's model enamel. It's also called Colorado brown stain, mm. uh, just due to the, the poor water quality in Colorado actually causing these. I have a couple from me not being a great kid, like brush my teeth and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but they're discolored patches on your teeth. Okay. Uh, mine are kind of like a yellowy color. Are you talking like mottled teeth? Yeah, mottled teeth or Colorado brown stain was the gotcha. same thing but brown. Gotcha, okay. It was a lot more noticeable. So yes, yeah, so it was to fight that. It was to fight mottled teeth. It was to strengthen teeth overall make your dental health better so you're not is making as many trips to the dentist's office and you're not spending as much money it's better for your health you know better for the healthcare system to have this in your water because it's preventing you from having to go to these places as often people are going to start calling you a shill again um this is we're remember we're sticking to the narrative right now. i know it's it, i i wrote the script and it's hard for me this is why they're they originally supposedly did it. Um, and what started all this was there was a farmer in Texas who had a high, like, what was it? Flor- calcium fluoride. Calcium say. fluoride. Yeah, calcium fluoride in his soil. Yep. And he noticed the community all had great teeth. So I'll tell you, I have it right here. Okay. Uh, most soil has one PP or PPM. Mm-hmm. Parts per million. Yep. Yeah, his soil or that soil in the area averaged twelve, and so that doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. But it is, and but the important thing is it's naturally occurring. There, it, this isn't from like uh, them putting it into the soil. It was, uh, it's just from a byproduct of them naturally. But I want to say this because we said it off air. Mm-hmm. Correlation is not always causation. Mm-hmm. But the, the important part is it's natural. It wasn't put there artificially it's not just a byproduct they sprinkled onto this onto the soil like they are sprinkling it into our water or sprinkling pouring it into our water um there's a difference there and then that same uh farmer i can't remember his name off the top of my head i have it in our uh, mckay he's also claimed after the fact where should i get to that now go ahead might as well he claimed after the fact that so he was the first one that proposed it. So they took that idea and then they ran with it to put it in the water, you know, for your dental health. He was the one that said after the fact it wasn't that chem or the chemical itself that was that made the community have great teeth. It was the fact that the plants were absorbing it and using it, and you eating the plants and stuff. Everything that was grown in that soil is what gave you the great teeth, like the outcome. And it wasn't the fluoride; it was the calcium. Mm, see, and 
the plants were a lot richer in calcium. Calcium, and yes. Not and, the fluoride. Mm-hmm. Eat calcium. So they took basically his line of having this calcium fluoride in the soil. They took that and ran with it saying, oh, it's the fluoride. Mm-hmm. So we're going to put this in the water because look, this community has great teeth. It's the fluoride. It's not the fluoride. Well, hindsight, it's not. It wasn't the fluoride. Right. And I get that. And that's, you know, we're talking also, we're talking in, you know. 100 years ago. Over 100 years ago. Almost 130. Mm-hmm. Like. It's a while ago. So he was doing the best to his knowledge. And, you know, a lot of these problems we're going to talk about with this series. Mm-hmm. A lot of them start with the people with the best intentions. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, I don't, th- I don't think he. Yeah, I don't know. I think they took his words and ran with it mm-hmm. to the extreme. Uh, so, yeah, there's other some big players in the 30s and stuff like that. Um, there's just so many big words. But yeah, so they started in. Why don't you start talking about where? What's kind of the first test city was? Oh, I think it was Grand Rapids, Michigan. Yeah. Correct. Um, and was that in the 20s? I, I remember something started in the 20s. The uh, 40s. That was the 40s? Mm-hmm. See, I think they might have tested it also they, it, in it, smaller they, communities. Yeah, in the 30s. 31, 30. They stopped uh, during World War II. Okay, there we go. Uh, they just they weren't messing around with it. So it really never got any steam until after World War II. Mm-hmm. Which, hmm, hmm, weird. I wonder, I guess we'll get back to that after World War II. Because who came over here after World War II? Who do we incorporate into our... I don't think it's anything directly to do with that. Because I think we were already going to... Like, we would have done this probably in 39. Mm-hmm. If World War II wasn't, it didn't happen. Like, because it was a back burner project for a lot of these guys. I think we may have learned some things or two, though, from that. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I get you. I get you. Maybe that's more on the conspiracy side. Because it's hard to find stuff to back that up. But mm-hmm. we'll get to it. Back that up, dun to dun. There is a prominent figure that makes that claim in 2014. Um, but I'm trying to find here. Let's see here. I have in my newspaper. So I have a newspaper article from the 19, 1961. Um, this newspaper is called Common Sense, America's Newspaper Against Communism. Which I don't know if it's a biased paper, you know, like we, how we have some nowadays where it's clearly, like, got an angle of bias towards it. But it does attack some pretty serious issues. Um, so I don't know how to take this, but there's it's a, it's got a lot of interesting facts and a lot of interesting uh, claims that, you know, actually happen, like debates and stuff that actually happened back in the day about this stuff. So, like, um, they talked to – there was a debate uh, – let's see here – Trying, I know this is great, great uh, radio here. <laughs> great radio. Now this show is going to be a lot different mm-hmm. than any other shows on this network. So I'll just I'll just begin by reading this article off. Um, a tremendous drive is. Are we ready for? Have we gotten through the uh, narrative part? No, I still have some stuff. Oh, well, so the, save this back okay, for a yes, second. Yes. I didn't know you were getting into that. Okay, yeah, let's get into the. We're still working out some kinks in yeah, this we're, show. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, no, so population served by water fluoridation. By the end of 1992, there was 10,567 public water systems serving 135 million persons in 8,573 U.S. communities mm. that installed water fluoridation. Approximately 70% of all U.S. citizens with uh, a population greater than 100,000 used fluor- or fluoridated water. In addition, 
3,784 public water systems serving 10 million persons in 1924. Uh, communities with, had natural fluorization levels greater or equal to 0.7 parts per million. Mm. So those weren't high-priority targets because they were so close anyways that it wasn't worth the money. In total, 144 million persons in the United States, 56% of the population, were receiving water fluoridation in 1992, including 60% served public water systems. However, approximately 42,000 public water systems in 151 U.S. cities with populations greater or equal to 50,000 have not installed water fluoridation as of yet. Cost, effic- or cost effectiveness and cost savings of fluoridization. Water fluoridation costs a range of between or of, of a mean of 31 cents per person in the U.S. community of greater than 50,000 persons and a mean of $2.12 per person is less than 10,000. Hmm. Uh, compared with other means of community-based dental prevention, uh, water fluoridation is the most cost-effective way for most areas of the United States in terms of cost perspective to save tooth surface. So question real quick. Does this mean like costs like it's coming out of our taxes? Like, are we paying for this? Mm, why would you ask that? How dare you? I just I'm curious. Yes, it is. Hmm. So we're we're paying to fluoridize our own water supply. Of course. Okay. Just get, make sure that's stated. Water fluoridation versus dental health care uh, expenditures through primary prevention of dental crises and avoidance of restoration of care. So basically they're saying we save money in the end because teeth are being better long term. So the government's not going to spend as much money on saving people's teeth. And you don't have to spend as much money personally because you don't have to go to the dentist. Mm -hmm. How thoughtful. Safety of water fluoridation. Early investigations into the psychological effects of fluoridization in drinking water predated the first community field test. Since 1950, uh, opp- or opponents of water fluoridizations have claimed that increased re- risk of cancer, Down syndrome, heart disease, osteoporosis, bone fractures, acquired immune, um, immunodeficiency syndrome, lower intelligence, Alzheimer's disease, allerg- allergic reactions, and other health concerns. So once again, I'm reading this word for word from the CDC's article on this. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure this clear for this next couple sentences. These are just the... Oh, right, right, yeah. Uh, the safety and effectiveness of water fluoridization has been reevaluated frequently, and no credible evidence has supported any accusations between fluoridization and any of these conditions. They don't list any, any studies. None. And these proponents, yeah, were there right off the rip, right off the beginning. All of these things against it. There was people immediately were saying this is bad. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say that it's kind of weird that I can't, there's no studies saying against it. Mm-hmm. There's only studies for saying that like, yeah, it causes these things. And, With, And I'll be fair, mm-hmm. those studies have mixed bag results. So nothing has been proven on that side. But I can't find studies that say that doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I get the same thing with like, all these other hot button topics with like vaccines and stuff like that. Like you can find the one article that says vaccines cause autisms and you can find 10,000 that doesn't. Uh, I kind of have the opposite problem with this where I can't find any that say it doesn't. Mm -hmm. So just saying, that's making that clear. And they don't list any, you know, you think if you had that study, you would be waving it around front and center. Um, I'm not going to read their 21st century challenges. It just talks about, 
persons between 12 and 17 aren't drinking water, and they're really worried about them. Wow. For your health. They're worried about you. Don't drink. I'm just, hey, if you, if this, we're not trying to scare anybody when we're about to talk in the second half of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But I just want to make sure everybody knows that like bottled water comes most of the time from a city water system. Yep, that's true. Um, especially um, some of them is just straight up tap water. There are, no, that's what I'm saying. They're all tap water. Mm-hmm. They're all tap water. Mm-hmm. Water bottles are just. Oh, you're saying drink distilled. Yeah. Gotcha. And even distilled, like you got to be careful drinking just straight distilled water. Yeah, you should add. So you shouldn't just drink straight distilled water because it can cause you to lose like uh, some nutrients and stuff like that because osmosis. And it doesn't have the minerals and yeah. stuff in it because distilled is made from boiling water. And then drink they, Gatorade. No, don't drink that. Don't drink that. Don't, well, don't just drink Gatorade. Don't even drink. Uh, for your, as Wilbur says. Don't drink Gatorade. It's got uh, so much stuff, and it's just not good for you. None of it's good for you. Something's going to kill you. Might as well be fun. I guess so. Yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, what's not a carcinogen anymore? What is? What's not? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. That's We'll find out. Maybe. Okay. Distilled water. <laughs> the CDC does have a little thing about saying it doesn't cause cancer. Okay, what what do they have to say about that? It's the same stuff. It's just a big long blob of di- that just says it doesn't. There's no possible relationship between cancer risk and fluoride. Not even possible. Not even possible. But there's not like any studies listed that show. I'm that. a study reader. Yeah, you know this about me. Mm-hmm. Like, if I could find the study for it, like I on other things, I've read NASA studies completely, mm-hmm. and that sucked. Yeah, but I read them. Mm-hmm. I can't find the study. Wonder why. Mm. All right, now go into your thing. I'm sorry. Okay, so now we're going to jump into this newspaper article, and it's called Floridation Folly. Are you forced to drink rat poison? <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, it may be biased off the th- off the rip. I don't know 100 percent for sure, but it has a lot of information that I I struggled to find online until I found this newspaper article. It says, a tremendous drive is on to fluoridate water supplies of the nation. U.S. Public Health Services and the American Dental Association front for the powers behind the scenes. Their support helps persuade many other organizations to endorse work and work for installing equipment that injects deadly poisonous fluorides, usually sodium fluoride, at waterworks plants into water supplies. The excuse is that fluoridated water which we went over this, drinking water helps cut down dental decay in children and thus will benefit their health and all their lives. To oppose fluoridation, therefore, puts such opponents at an unenviable category of meanies who are against children welfare. So I get that. Mm-hmm. It's a very hard political stance to take when the average public voter doesn't understand the stance. Right. When you're told this is what it's for and why we're doing it, which... I wish we could. You, you, we should always analyze these things, even in today. Like we need to today, when you're pit up against this is for your health and it's, it's good for you. Oh my gosh! And then you oppose it. Listen, you're automatically a bad person. Anybody in power ever has said this is good for you. It has never once been. Hmm. Never. 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 I will. I can think of a hundred examples. Smallpox blankets are the biggest one for me. <laughs> I just the Native Americans got. The raw end of the deal, bad forever. I mean, yes. they're still getting the raw end of the deal. So yes, but 
And you know how many times the U.S. government, or the, the at that time it was the or the European governments that were like, "Yeah, this is good for you. Take Wh- a blanket." Which that could be a that could be another future take, episode. Take the shot. Exactly, it's good for you. <sighs> there's there's no other option. This is the only thing that's good for you. Don't focus on your health or your diet or your exercise. Do your Okay, hold on. You gotta take the shot. It's very good for your health. It's the only way to help stop the spread. You sound like a Jewish mother. <laughs> so does he. Kinda. <laughs> I, I that's like my your, bad. I, li- I like your Fauci though. I'm I, I'm not that good at it. Fettuccine. I gotta I gotta practice it more. He gets a little nasally, especially when he's been talking. You sound too much. more and more like a Brooklyn mother. The more you do it. <laughs> So does he. <laughs> I know if I'd close my eyes when you were doing that, I see a lovely lady that's a really good cook that's maybe 150 pounds overweight and likes to gossip. Oh my, I know one of them. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> that's pretty funny. But man, dinner on Sunday. It's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of sausage. All right. I don't know why I said that. Okay, so despite this emotional disadvantage with powerful organizations such as governmental agencies, societies, Chamber of Commerce, and most of the press, radio, and TV, with millions of dollars to influence the public, which we'll get to that soon, the power of truth is demonstrated in the fact that pro that pro Florida I can't say this word pro Florida oh my gosh pro Floridationists there we go. So people pro for the fluoride in the water admit a losing battle. Witness president of the ADA, Dr. Chaz or Charles H. Patton, complaining that at November 8th, 1960 polls, only five towns with 40,000 people population approved fluoridation while one million people in 29 counties in 11 states defeated it. So if you give it public vote, normally it doesn't go good. Especially back then. And this was with the campaigns. And we, we'll get to it later. There's There was campaigns throughout the media, throughout the government. Like We're going to do an episode on GMOs. Mm-hmm. And that's the exact same thing that happened. And I, so you, you know my stance, my education, my background. I like GMOs. But you've got to understand, you've got to look into what you're calling a GMO and what you're not calling a GMO. Yes. I don't like Roundup. GMOs like Roundup Ready stuff is mm-hmm. one thing. Mm-hmm. Nope, you don't eat anything that's not GMO anymore. The corn you grow in your backyard is not sorghum; it's a GMO. So, is there a difference between like selective breeding? And that GMOs? is a GMO. Okay, there that you is go. It's a genetically modified organism because you are picking genetics. Nature is not randomly taking its course anymore. Kind of. No, when you start selecting, yeah, but which we're ma- nature. We're not nature. We killed. We killed our. We severed our connection to nature <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah, with using what chemical? Fluoride. No, uh, I'm going to say petroleum. Okay, petroleum-based diets. <laughs> petroleum in the air. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Under the date of February, under the date of February 1961, Changing Times in the Kiplinger magazine, published in Washington D.C., admits. Anti-fluoridation forces apparently are winning the battle over the tr- over treatment of water to ch- check tooth decay. 
About four out of five communities turned down the idea last year in public referendums, a development that has caused dejection in fluoridation camps. U.S. public health service figures indicate a decrease in cavities, particularly among children in communities which have been using the fluoridated water. So U.S. public health services are saying that, are publicly saying that children's cavities have gone down in communities that are using fluoridated water. Now, we'll find out later that there's been studies that were done that that's not true. It didn't happen. So lying with statistics. Yes. All right, so the previous life, we'd do some survey stuff, and another company would do the survey of the same area, mm-hmm. and we'd get completely different results because of how, I guess, we each skewed the data, even though I always assume, like, we didn't skew the data. It's how we. It's how you present the data. Mm-hmm. You can present the data many different ways to get many different numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's how you present it. Yeah, like, for this study, you could, you know, really only look at, like, you could use a body fat thing for the kids you're surveying. Mm-hmm. So, not saying anything. I'm a big man. Uh, I got a belly. But if you're a heftier kid, you're probably not eating the best stuff. Not eating the best stuff is going to affect your teeth health also. Mm-hmm. So, you can really make that skewed. Like if, you're, if you're looking at kids, like younger kids that have an IBI of higher than, I don't know, 20, you know, that's really going to get a different survey. You can make these results change very dramatically. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it doesn't depend on this one factor. Like, they could have just... Ban candy in a, a town or something. If you, you know banned I mean? pop, oh my gosh, in the U.S. and I'm a pop drinker. I got a two liter Dr Pepper sitting next to me. <laughs> uh, the obesity and diabetes would go down extremely. I agree, and uh, so would tooth decay. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, but <sighs> sorry, I just had to say that. No, that's a great it, point. It's just it is. I it is, that. and it's it's just not really dis- put into the discussion. And I'll say this for everybody at home: this, the whole point of this series, is to not. We're not going to be your typical conspiracy podcast. That's not the goal. The goal is for you to look in, to give you enough of both sides to look in and make your own decisions. So when you look at these studies, please read the study. They always bet you're not going to read the study. Mm-hmm. That's why they give you the overview at mm-hmm. the beginning, the headline. Yeah, and that's what most people read. It's a couple paragraphs. Look at the parameters of studies because mm-hmm. they'll be in there. The best is I've read some, and at the very end, it literally just discredits the whole thing they were just talking yeah. about. It'll say because you know these 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 factors of study may be inaccurate, yeah, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so the truth is in these studies; they they are not lying per se. Uh, but like I said a minute ago, it's presenting the data. They bury it. They bury. They bury the hard facts of it. Yeah, you can find the truth in these studies. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. There, so there was a debate in, um, okay. So since these admissions from the, uh, public health service, um, there was a drive to fluoridate, you know, it went, the drive went up nationally, um, national broadcasting company, NBC headed by, uh, well, Russian born Jew, David Sarnoff and and his son, Robert. That's a. A hell of a title. I know, right? And I'm going to say that this uh, this newspaper you you're using, yeah, may have something against Russians and Jewish people, possibly, or it just might be kind of more open or straightforward back then. I just don't think it mattered. Uh, maybe not, but maybe t- towards national, you know, it's is this is after World War Russia II. Russia doesn't even fluoridate their fluoridate their water. Hmm. 
I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but one way or the other, is that good, bad, or ugly, or neither? You're you're the good, bad, and the ugly. I know. What the hell is that? That's from Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, Clint Eastwood? Oh. Oh. The Western? Yes, now I know what you're talking about. Okay. All right, so... <laughs> okay. Okay. Professional Okay, so... Yes, yes. So NBC stages two nation- nationwide programs purport- purporting uh, to debate both sides of the fluoridation controversy on February 7th and February 18th, 1961. So, pro-fluoridationist Dave Garraway devotes his 7 to 8 a.m. program on Channel 4 to a one-sided, misnamed debate between Dr. Alan London, who was against fluoridation, and uh, who's against, and a doctor who was for fluoridation, which the newspaper says it did not get the name for, which I don't know why. But basically, they're saying, like, this debate, and they put debate in quotes, was very one-sided. The questions were basically skewed. Oh, one of those to good give, ones. To give the four answer or four fluoridation, like, yeah. the advantage in the debate. Like, the question is, like, well, why do you hate kids? Yes, it was stuff like that. They said it was very one-sided, and it was taking shots at the other guy, and then basically framing framing the man that was debating against it as being a bad person and being a crackpot. So, like, there was, like, a national... Uh, how would you put this? Like a national media, newspaper, TV, and stuff like that. When they put out stuff like this, they would frame, they would put, they would use, they specifically use the name crackpot and words like that to frame this person. So they weren't discrediting his argument; they were discrediting the person presenting it, and then not even challenging his facts he brought to it, but discrediting him. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how the trend went. So after they had this debate, they publicly put it out there on NBC, but it was re-edited after to make him seem like an idiot, basically. So it, it didn't even show the whole debate. It was edited to present the one side as being yeah. the correct side. So it's it's messing with the person's mind that's coming into this unbiased either way. Like you don't have an opinion either way, but you watch this debate, you're going to feel like, okay, fluoridation, fluor, fluoride's a good thing in the water. It's good for us. And people who think the other way are either, you know, they're crackpots. Um, so Garraway, which was the guy uh, that ran the NBC program that was for fluoridation, uh, did admit that 48 out of 53 towns had turned down fluoridation at the polls. He also su- expressed surprise that the, the pro-fluoridationist, <laughs> this word's going to kill me, um, doctor refused to debate um, with the anti-fluoridationist Dr. London. Um, like, he refused to debate him publicly. Yeah, I was going to say publicly. Mm-hmm. He'll do it in studio. Correct. So he, he won't do it publicly or, on, you know, on... You live. Know, in fr- live, in front of people. Um, so, uh, wait, where, was I, where was I just reading? So many societies... and ha- This proponent emphasized so many societies have endorsed fluoridation therefore there was nothing to debate um that's basically his <laughs> argument so so many people endorse the idea that it's good for you that there's nothing to even we debate. used to the also science. put uranium in lipstick R- radium too yeah like, and you know to relate this to nowadays it reminds me of the saying the science is settled this, oh gosh and i hate that because isn't the point of science constantly it's supposed to be constantly changing and it's science is supposed to like questions yes constantly being challenged and we've said it before on the main show or on the, this other show of our friends that uh, helped us out get this started. Uh, 
the truth likes being questioned. The lie hates, hates it. it. Yeah. Does not like being debated. Um, and then here's a little side uh, thing from the debate. To give an idea of the atmosphere in this misnamed debate, a TV shot was made of a building with a Nazi swastika slash splashed on it and denied that fluoridization was a communist plot. Hence, the idea was planted that anyone opposing fluoridization, fluoridization was a Nazi. Now, you ever heard that before nowadays? That anybody that poses for fluoridization is a Nazi? No, that anyone that is like opposed to the narrative. Oh, no, it's Nazi and racist. Yes. Like, that's the two things you get thrown at you. And that's, they were doing this back in the 60s and 50s. Oh, no, Nazi, that was more used. Right. It's, but it's like that common theme has not died. It was communist for a long time, too, that you're a commie. Mm hmm. Um, yeah, it's just crazy. And, uh, what was I going to say about, uh, oh, so in 2014, Jesse Ventura, um, said on TV that the Nazis put fluoride in their water. Now, this is an un, I couldn't find it because obviously you can't really get that information. Uh, you can't find that information because if it really happened, I don't think anyone in our government is going to want to, uh, get that, let that be out there. But I don't, and I can't really search their records. I don't know how you find like the Nazi database, like the what Nazi they were, database. what they were using. But he well, made that claim that they were putting fluoride in the Jesse water. Jesse Ventura, and you know he's, I miss he his had, show. Yeah, he had a show called Conspiracy Theories, and he really asked. That's where I learned about Plum Island. Yeah, he asked very important questions. I think he he went and stood on the beach of Montauk and flipped off Plum Island for like <laughs> two hours. I'm not joking. I liked it. They wouldn't let him over. Yeah. I mean, and they had like an appointment and everything, and then they wouldn't let him over. Wouldn't let him in. Wonder so why? He pulled. Uh, he just stood there and flipped them off, screaming at him. Yeah, they're only like two hundred yards off the friggin' not beach. far. Yeah, and his show was pulled off the air. If he had been twenty years younger, he'd have swam out there. Oh, I'm sure. I guarantee it. He was the Navy SEAL. <laughs> he is, I think, sometimes a little too far the other way. What do you mean the other way? He's definitely. Well, it's going to come up in this series a lot. I have a problem with conspiracy, like yeah. the people with conspiracy, just as much as I have a problem with the government, mm-hmm. is that I think he is not as like, uh, oh, what's his nuts? Uh, Turning the freaking frogs gay. Oh, Alex Jones? Yeah, he's not as far as like Alex Jones, as far as I'm concerned. Hmm. But he's one of those where I think it's like everything is conspiracy. But he was government. He knew, you know, he knew that there's stuff there. Mm-hmm. But I think now it's just, it's all real. I mean, he was the governor of Minnesota. Um, no, nothing is happening in Minnesota. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Nothing. We, we, yes, there is. But we what, can, what's happening in Minnesota? I don't want to talk about it on here. Not even for us on this show. Oh gosh. Um, what's happening in Minnesota? Well, you know, something's up there, probably in the water. The donuts. That's an awful accent. Um, no, but I like Jesse Ventura. I think he does ask important questions that yeah, he, need to be asked. I'm glad somebody's doing it. Yeah, exactly. And he was in government. He was in the military. He's a prominent figure, I think. Um, so I think it's good that someone like him exists. And fun fact, uh, well, yeah, I'll admit it. I, I voted for him for vice president in 2020. He was an option? I wrote him in. He actually did He He uh, did have a pretty good... He tried to campaign right at the end, and he had a great platform. Loved it. Loved it. But, um, yeah, Jess Ventura. I like him. But um, let's see here. 
I can get more into that debate, but basically you are you get the picture of the debate. Um, let's see. NBC purported the debate on desirability of fluoridization was about 80% for and only 20 against it. So that's what they purported the statistics, NBC. Didn't it, we just talk that it was the exact opposite? Opposite. Ain't that funny? So they're just – and I think that even happens nowadays. They just lie. They just put their own statistics out there, like whatever, and then – I mean, I can say whatever. Exactly. I, I polled everybody in this room, and now I know for a fact – the moon's real and space is real. Uh, 95% of people in this room said it is. Yeah. Because you asked all those fish over there, mm-hmm. all those people on the wall, <laughs> all those pictures on the wall, they said yes. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you're, you're a crackpot. Yeah, exactly. But and you that, are a crackpot. But it, yeah. But that's how it works. Um, it's just it's just nuts that this has, this is, I think, going on today, and it's been going on. Can we get into, is it too early, or can we get into some of the conspiracies with fluoride, why they're doing it? Okay, so why we think they're putting it in the water. So as far as I... Or what people are saying, because there's a lot of different conspiracies with this. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into it, because I have my thoughts. and The biggest one you hear in the circles we run Mm -hmm. uh, is the pineal gland calcification. Mm -hmm. Is that that your pineal gland is the actual true third eye. Uh, It's... And I... I believe there's stuff on the other side of the veil. I believe humans can't have the ability to talk or interact with those things. And there may be an organ or a piece of our anatomy that we can do this with. But they're saying it's a pineal gland. And to keep the population not being able to access that part of our body, that they put fluoride in the water to help lower the number of people that can... Activate. Me, uh, yeah. It, it did. So from what I understand... Probably the best way I can put it is like that pineal gland is that link to your spiritual self or the spiritual realm. It's like your antenna that uh, it's basically in touch with that realm and in touch with your spiritual side. So whether that you know comes with religion and stuff like that, that's a whole other thing. But that it's just that side of your mind that thinks in that way, and uh. The fluoride is supposed to negate that from happening, or it cuts that, severs that link by calcifying that gland. Now, we don't know 100% sure what that gland does, 100%. But, yeah, I mean, I know you have a pretty good idea. I Yeah, yeah, and we'll, yeah we, we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah, so the pineal gland has been mapped pretty hardcore mm-hmm. uh, because of what it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very important for a lot of my, modern uh, medicine and stuff like that. So I I think, but people, I think, here's my problem with conspiracy, is that it's the best tool the government has ever invented. And that's why, because it can hide the truth so much easier because mm-hmm. you give these other red herrings to follow. Right, yeah. And I think that's what the, I think the, the, the opening your third eye and stuff with your pineal, or, yeah, is... What the red herring? It's the red herring. It's not your pineal gland doesn't do that, in my opinion. Uh, it does do other extremely important things. It is important. We know that. I think what people, if there is a part of your brain specifically that does this third eye kind of stuff, mm-hmm. it's probably your pituitary gland. Okay, that sits right on top of your optic nerves. A lot of people think it may, you know, take an ultraviolet light stuff like this, and you actually see the other spectrum. Uh, like these things, like the, they're not interdimensional. They're just on. They're just on a different light wave. Mm-hmm. They're walking around us. You bump them every once in a while. You trip on them. Yeah, everything is what uh, frequency and vibration, or light, light and vibration. Yeah. 
and light frequency. Waves. Yeah. Uh, so I think. Well, let's talk about let's let's talk about the pineal gland. Yeah, let's get into that because I think this is the very important part of this debate of the fluoride and stuff like that because this is the one that's always brought up. It's not that like, and we're going to get into other things that fluoride is going to do to the body, but this yeah. is the main one that um, I think is the conspiracy or the main topic of why fluoride is bad. But fluoride with your pineal gland, uh, or I had it, they found it has more fluoride concentration in it than any other body tissue, sometimes upwards of 300 parts per million. Now, I want you to remember the numbers we talked about earlier. Most soil has one part per million. Most drinking water has 12 parts per million. Mm-hmm. Your pineal gland is... So some different tissues with different uh, chemicals accumulate. Right. Like uh, heavy metals mostly accumulate in the liver and stuff like that. Fluoride accumulates in the pineal gland. It does. Mm-hmm. We don't know why, but it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, 300 ppm is gigantic. It's crazy. Now, do you think that is, what if someone that's not exposed to fluoride, like, um, unnaturally, or someone is just not exposed to it, like, you know, it's, they're not, not going to have water. any in it. Okay. There we go. That's what I wanted to get. Yeah. At. You're going to have nothing. I mean, you're going to probably have like 0.07 ppm mm-hmm. or something like that, you know, some normal-ish number. That's what I wanted to know. Like, what's the baseline for normal? Whatever, mm-hmm. you know. I'm going to tell you the five functions of the pineal gland. Pineal gland produces several hormones. One of these is melatonin. Helps regulate the body's internal clock, keeping our sleep-weight cycle regular. The pineal gland may also help regulate female hormone levels and contribute to cardiovascular health and mood stability. And one more thing I'm going to keep secret for now. Okay. The pineal gland in melatonin. So the pineal gland is the thing that makes melatonin is the thing that controls your sleep cycle. Uh, this is super important. If we're going to talk about here in a little bit that like eighty, what was eighty nine percent of adults or something like that in the U.S. have sleep problems, mm-hmm. and like seventy two percent of children. Uh, so messing with your pineal gland is the easiest way to cause sleep dis, you know, disruption. Why would we want sleep disruption? We'll talk about it in a minute. Mm-hmm. Let's get to number two. Pineal gland in cardiovascular health. Uh, melatonin also plays a huge role in heart-related conditions. Uh, so heart, you know, it can cause irregular blood pressures, high and low, regulations in heart rate, and vascular resistance. Uh, so melatonin also does these things. And almost all your melatonin comes from your pineal gland. So when you start screwing with this, you start having heart conditions, you start having high blood pressure. Most of the U.S. is in a high blood pressure swing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, not most, you know, but we have a an unprecedented amount of blood pressure, high blood pressure. The numbers are higher than they should be. The pineal gland in the female hormones. The menstrual cycle, uh, there's a lot of evidence suggesting the menstrual cycle is influenced heavily by the pineal gland and melathin levels, which is another form of melatonin. You know, this just gave me a thought, and I could be completely wrong on this, but you know how like when women are around each other and they're on their their time of the month? That is a myth. I've seen it. I lived in a house with a lot of women. Uh-huh. And it, I felt like it happened, but I think it's because it's a week long and it's the odds game. Maybe. But what if they're linked through... What if their pineal glands, like, you know, are not communicating, but, you know, uh, feeding off each other's energy, maybe? I don't know. Just a thought. Just a thought. I'm going to say no, hmm. but that's just me. 
That's okay. Uh, but I'm putting it out there. It's in the public record. But yeah, it Wilbur, controls. Wilbur, Wilbur thinks. Wilbur thinks a T-shirt. Maybe our first T-shirt. <laughs> no, pineal gland, female hormones, regulates menstrual cycles. Uh, the U.S. is having a really big problem right now with act with people actually getting pregnant in irregular menstrual cycles. So mm-hmm. the people are having trouble planning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, pineal gland and mood stabilization. The size of your pineal gland may indicate your risk for certain mood disorders. Uh, and this 2015 and 2019 studies suggest that uh, it has a heavy role with depression, suicide, stuff like that. Uh, and the U.S. is in uh, and schizophrenia. Uh, your pineal gland health directly relates this to your 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 whole body health with mm. mood stabilization. So you know this could be kind of linked, not to that spiritual side, but just that in tune with yourself, your body. I don't know stuff like that. It's definitely one that uh, can. That's a big thing. Yeah, but it's never like. Were you taught about it in school? Like what? in biology class, your pineal. We were. Yeah, getting, yeah, we talked about the pineal gland. Like in this much depth. Yeah, Miss Bowden did. You weren't paying attention because you were throwing cat guts around. No, come on. I love that was the only class I did pay attention to. Yeah, and she hated you. No, she didn't. We were, she I enjoyed. talked to her about you the other day. I doubt it. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so the U.S. is having a lot of problems with a lot of these mood disorders. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, very much so. Here's the another really big one. Pineal gland and cancer. Experts uh, have melathin production in the pineal gland may help prevent cancer cells, mm. uh, may help you he- get rid of cancer cells and slow the progression of cancer. Mm. Uh, this is a, this is under, from a 2019 study. Uh, all these studies you can find, they're pretty easy to find, but the pineal gland directly relates to your survivability and your likelihood of getting cancer with your pineal gland health. So I'm... Um, it just goes beyond brain function, like... That's kind of a big deal. Your there. pineal gland does very little with your brain. Right, yeah. Uh, if anything. I, it's it's attached to your brain, sure, but it's not doing a whole hell of a lot with your actual brain. I think that's a big misconception. That it's like a regulator of some sorts of your brain? Or what? Yeah, and this even this little website with the pineal gland functions has in the frequently asked questions, uh, why is the pineal gland called the third eye? I just thought it was kind of interesting because it gets asked a lot to this. Yeah. I like this website. Uh, but people refer to the pineal gland as the third eye because, like your eyes, it responds to light and dark senses. The gland contains light-sensitive cells uh, that secrete melathin and responds to changing light throughout the day. It's responsible for helping your, crim- uh, your, car- your circadian rhythm mm-hmm. in your sleep-wake cycle. So it does get a light input, but not in the same sense as optic nerves. So I always read that it had rods and cones in it. Is that any? I don't think so. It's a different. It's it's a simpler version. If so, it's not like our true rods and cones. That's how we did colors and stuff like that. This is more like uh, there's a lizard called a not a lizard. It's its own species of reptile called a tuatara, as a primitive third eye. Mm -hmm. It's still one of the few reptiles or anything on the planet that still has its third eye Hmm. uh, abundant. And that's what it does. It's okay. directly connected to the brain on top of the head. Okay. And it's not an eye like an eye eye. It is a simple group of cells that just detects the amount of light. Gotcha. Okay. So that's really, I, th- as far as the pineal gland being an eye uh, seems to come from. But this is super responsible for your sleep 
in your overall mood and cancer. Stuff the U.S. is having dramatic problems with. And there's a lot of scientific evidence to say that it is getting, the, the pineal gland specifically, is having so much fluoride accumulate in it. Which is documented. Yeah, and there's not a lot of saying that connection, though. Mm-mm. And we're talking about correlation and connection. And causation, yeah. Now I'm going to scream for a second. Okay. If this is true, the fluoride is affecting your sleep cycle, why would the government keep pushing it? Help your teeth. The Nazis found out, and Stalin, everybody, every every superpower figured out that sleep deprivation is the easiest way to control a population and prevent uprisings. Mm. So think about it. You work eight hours a day. You sleep. You're supposed to sleep for eight hours at least. Get good sleep. So that only leaves you another eight hours to cook, clean, feed your family, hang out with your kids, do any of this stuff. Live your life. So you have no time to plan your way out of the cycle. Mm-hmm. And the more you're, the more of that other eight hours is eaten up by sleep because you're not sleeping good, the easier it is to control the population. If on the let's let's go full conspiracy. The third eye, your pineal gland, has nothing to do, in my opinion, with you in psychedelic, and, you know, any of that stuff. The release of DNT that's a, a portal to different realms. And exactly. Of, this of is all done to control the population, to keep the workers working and not figuring out how to start their own business, how to get out of the cycle, how to move on without relying on the government. Yeah. You have to rely on everything else because you have no time for anything else. And you can't even think of another option, that it is an option. Me and you don't work conventional hours. Correct. And we still don't have time. Correct. Not even close. So it's crazy. I really think this is what this is. And then the cancer rate. We have unprecedented amount of cancer in the U.S. It's insane. Uh, right now? Yeah. And, and I mean, that's a whole other debate, too. It's how we treat cancer. You know what I mean? Oh, that's it's a, a whole different billion episode. dollar industry. So anyone, so when my mom was going through cancer, mm-hmm. each one of her treatments was sixty eight thousand dollars. Jesus, sixty eight thousand. That's you know insane. what it is, and like I think Australia does it pretty good. They have a lot of price control and a lot of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like a thousand bucks. It's insane. That is insane. And so anyone that's in charge of, you know, making that much bank on each treatment. With this disease, well, I mean, cancer is a disease, right? Yeah, and um, making money off a gallon of Dr. Pepper. Yeah, <laughs> making money off this disease, they aren't going to want that cash flow to stop at all. If anything, they're going to. People want profits. People I cannot that- remember of the man that said this, but there's a famous quote saying, "There is much more money to be made in treating disease than curing it." Absolutely, hundred percent. And if you look at our modern medicine, I think it. It's only there. Our modern medicine, Western modern medicine, I'll say that, treats symptoms, not uh, what's the word? Treats the symptoms of the not disease, the disease, not the cause of the disease. Eat moldy bread, people. Actually, I've heard you shouldn't. You want to hear one I've heard to help? Huh. I, now, it's conspiracy. Viewer discretion advised. You let you buy some berries, you know, raspberries, strawberries. Let them get a little moldy. When they get moldy. You blend them up, mold and all, and you drink the juice. Okay, so here's the big thing with this. Mm-hmm. First off, don't eat moldy bread. Don't eat this thing Jay just described to you. <laughs> I mean, 
It might Wilbur. Be, uh, well, that's my nickname. Wilbur's my real name. I'm not editing this. That's all right. I've given up. Uh, anyways, don't drink this stuff because here's the thing: penicillin comes from one type of mold. Mm-hmm. If you're able to ID that mold, more power to you. That will not be the only mold that grows on that concoction. So you could get something like a black mold on there. No, not yeah. You don't that want that. That will kill you. Yeah, that's not good. I'm just saying that if you can ID the mold, <laughs> right, is one thing. What you just described sounds like shooting up bleach. Come on, because you're guessing. You're like, I think this is the penicillin mold. <laughs> it's blue and fuzzy. Yeah. So is you know twenty four of thousand other species of mold. Is it any worse than shooting? Or injecting yourself with uh, what's that stuff they do to treat cancer right now? Uh, why can't I think of the name? I don't know why. Chemo. I'm... Chemo. Is it any worse than chemo radiation to your body? Depends on the species. Oh, yes. Now the black mold. Yes. Wait. wait no, wait. I'm talking. There's blue fuzzies. Oh, that are bad too. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. That's what I'm getting at. There's. You really need to know what how mold, to ID what mold you're mold. drinking. Yeah. That system would work fine. If so you, why you know why they always say it was bread because it's a bread mold. It's a species that really kind of enjoys bread. Okay, uh, it's generally the first one that pops up on bread. Mm-hmm. That's not guaranteed. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so that concoction you just described doesn't sound like it'd be its first choice of food. You know, but somebody's coming to that party. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's probably going to kill you. <laughs> you know, drink a little bleach. It's just if you're going to do that. <laughs> If you're going to set rotting fruit uh, again, out yeah. and eat the mold off of that, mm. shoot a little bleach back with it, you know? Just a drip. Um, yeah, remember. This is all satire. Yes. Yes, it is. It is. Do some research before you do anything. Don't do any of Don't this. Don't do any of this, yes. Don't do any of this. Viewer discretion is very advised. Don't do any of this. So where were we, where were we at before all that? Pineal gland. I don't know. You want to get um, into some more documentations and studies? If you want, we're already at an hour. Already? Yeah. Holy moly. Um, well, here we go. Pick some of your highlights. Maybe this will be a part two. Um, documentation. As to doctor's assistance claims for children's teeth benefiting from, and this is back to the children's teeth claim, um, in New York, Newburgh, New York, fluoridated water since 1945, New York State School Authorities investigations prove just the reverse. In Kingston, teeth of 5,308 children were inspected. 2,209 found with tooth de- defects, 41% of them. Uh, Kingston's water is not fluoridated. Um, so so com- it's not fluorinated. And 41% of them have teeth problems. Tooth defects, yes. So now um, the fluoridated water, which is in Newburgh, 4,969 pupils were inspected. 3,139 have tooth defects. So that's 63%. So school children's teeth in fluoridated Newburgh's water was over 50% worse than Kingston's. So at Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where water is fluoridated, 90% of the children have tooth troubles. As to claims that up to eight parts per million of fluoride in the water is safe, at Newburgh, 70% of the children have mottled teeth, the first sign of bloodstream poison with fluorine. So I think that mottled teeth comes from not the enamel themselves, but it comes from the bloodstream you know, that the replies or supplies the nutrients to the tooth you know that's what's affected and that's what's 
messing with their teeth. So like the physical act of drinking the water, coating your teeth, whatever they're trying to say, doesn't do anything for the dentine or the enamel of your tooth at all. But it's affecting the supply of the nutrients to your teeth, which is affecting your teeth. But that's that's just one study that should that just completely went against the narrative that why they're I don't know it's just so frustrating. Another thing we kind of missed in the beginning is that fluoride was a byproduct of a lot of industry. The aluminum industry is one in particular. Yeah, and they didn't know what to do with the stuff, and, and they, they weren't allowed to dump it anymore. Like they used to just throw this in the ocean. Should I bring up Mr. Oscar Ewing? Yeah, go ahead. I think he's a prominent figure. So Oscar Ewing served in our government. Um, he was one of the authors of the New Deal, the Fair Deal, sorry. and Which is what? Did we figure that out? So the Fair Deal, um, it helped improve minimum wage. It did some good things for Most of class. them do. However, there was a lot of other things it yeah, didn't that's, do. Yeah, that's the thing with government. Most of these these bills and stuff like that, they are positive and negative. Because so that's the point. It proposed if you want this, you have to have this. this. And it proposed a lot of good things, but a lot of those good things it proposed never got through. Oh, yeah. Not at all. It got struck down. Like like healthcare, like national healthcare, which I think is a good – I think personally is a good thing for everybody. But I think we spend enough stupid money on other stuff. I think if it was... We could do this. I mean... I think so, too. Because that's the big argument is that it's going to cost us everything. Mm-hmm. We have the biggest military budget on the planet. Times 12. Yeah. You can take the next, what is it, 12 countries, take, and ours is still bigger than all theirs combined. You could take the U.S. government's hammer budget and mm-hmm. probably do universal health care. Oh, yeah, um, I think a third of it or a fourth of it would do it. No, I'm talking here. the hammer The hammer budget. Just the budget to buy hammers over oh, here. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant like the hammer, you know... Everything's a nail if you're a hammer. Like where our military budget was the hammer, no, so I thought you no, meant. no, like, like no, literally like what we spend on hammers, which is a whole yes military spending that could be in a future episode. Um, All these good ideas, but Oscar Ewing, um, 1944 was put in on the payroll of the Aluminum Company of America, um, the, the law firm which with which he was associated being retained at $750,000 per year in 1944. It's a lot of money. A few months thereafter, Mr. Ewing was made a federal security administrator um, with the announcement that he was taking a big salary pay cut in order to serve his country. So what a good guy. Um, The Federal Security Agency is now the Department of Health and Education and Welfare. Health, Education, and Welfare. Hmm. I'll tell you this right now. I don't like the government. Same. I listened to a couple Australian podcasts the other day, and they hate our government too. And I thought it was hilarious. It just made me laugh that like how the, like the world views us. Yeah, and it's like that's not us. No, it's not us. That's it's... the big people in the big White House. Mm-hmm. See, and maybe we can skip ahead a little bit with just let's stay on that topic. Oh gosh, it's not us, but we do have the power to change it. But but we have to organize we have to know what we want as a society i i'm gonna i'm gonna push back on that yeah the easiest way is to the the push like to get rid of this system i, I was wave a gun around the air no i'm not even gonna that's my line <laughs> yeah i know uh, I, I gotta get a button for that yeah <laughs> uh, the, yeah that's the second easiest mm-hmm. uh no because that now when you pick that line that's an irreversible line and you immediately are going to lease to the country and do a hundred years of turmoil. Yes, if you pick that route. Yeah, 
the next episode of this podcast, DW Conspiracy Shack, will be a great example of how to take the government's power away from them. Right, yeah. Uh, by being self-sufficient. When they hike up prices on stuff, mm -hmm. it doesn't affect you. Mm -hmm. That's the best way. That's the whole point that they do this stuff. I think we're saying kind of the same thing. I think so. I'm just saying. In different ways. You don't have to go out and strip the power from them. You start stripping the power in your own home. Yes. You start with yourself. And you start with your own community, your own local community. So like when they raise the prices on gas and stuff like that, they raise the prices on food. Mm -hmm. And you still have food. Your family still has food. You're you're still happy. Mm Mm-hmm. It doesn't affect you. That is immediately the biggest hit to their power. Mm-hmm. They're you know because they don't know what to do at that point. Because then they would have to move to force, and then force moves on to that second step. Mm-hmm. Like what the biggest way is just listen to the next episode. We're going to give you a whole bunch of ideas of how to help get away from this system. Mm-hmm. To help not be dependent on the food like. When we're spending a third of our paycheck on food, right? Like they, we don't need to do that. No, I, no, we don't. Not if you can take care of yourself. You know, kind of like we did back in the old olden days. That's the whole goal of this year is to go back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to get a little bit more on this uh, uh, Oscar Ewing guy. Cause, oh, sorry, yeah. Because I just want to get this out there and just put it out there because I think he was an important figure that no one really knows anything about. Um, during his term of while he was while he was in the now Department of Health, Education, and Welfare, um, he had years of huge budgets with untold millions being doled out through grants to medical and dental colleges and state departments of health for research and welfare projects. So to me, that sounds like propaganda as my personal interpretation of that. There was plenty of money, too, for educational projects in 1951. Mr. Ewing asked for $2 million for fluoridation propaganda. $2 million. After we've already... There's been studies that proved it doesn't actually help. So why is he asking for more money just to put out for propaganda for this, to make it a positive thing? Um, grants were awarded to those organizations and institutions sympathetic to the policies and pronouncements of the U.S. Public Health Service, which had become a powerful bureaucracy. I can't say that word. These grants were powerful weapons. So this is the kind of way I think government uh, holds power or expands power. It's through propaganda and your own money. That's the thing. It's our money. We're, We're paying... They're spending our money to propagandize us, our own thoughts, which is, I don't think anyone's aware of that to what extent it really is or has been for who knows how many years. You know what I mean? And did you know that, um, I think it was Obama passed a law which made it, so it used to be illegal, I forget when it initially got passed, to propagandize the U.S. population with its own government. It was illegal. Obama passed a law that stripped that away, so now it's it was became legal again to propagandize the U.S. public. Now, we were allowed to do it to other countries and things, which we did do, which is probably responsible for all the wars we've been in and stuff like that. I don't that. know what you're talking about. I'm, this is the conspiracy shack. But <laughs> he, he stripped that. He took that um, law away to make it legal to do it to the U.S. government or U.S. population, which I don't know if that many people are aware of that. Were you aware of that? 
No. I'll look up. I'll have to look up the law. Maybe we'll, we'll do it on the next episode. I'll make sure I have that because I don't have it off the top of my head. Um, US pub, the U.S. Public Health Service with millions at its command for education thus became a huge propaganda machine with movies and expensive brochures, lectures, uh, radio, and generous expense amount accounts for officials. Every uh, – oh, man, this newspaper is like blotted out. Every aid was employed to boost fluoridation. So there was nothing being put out or spent on to be anti-fluoridation. Everything was pro-fluoridation. Um, with concentration on parent, parent-teacher parent associations to convert them into enthusiastic, if misinformed, promoters of florids, fluoridation. So they're getting into the schools. They're getting into like educational institutions to promote this. But they're teaching people to be pro it. They not not being aware that they are what the studies even are, just that they are pro and that they need to teach this. Um, for all practical purposes, the U.S. Public Health Service became a huge advertising agency in the service of several affluent corporations. So that's not a good thing. Aren't you talking about U.S. Public Health Service should not be associated with any corporations at all let alone being a advertising agency for them. Corporations are our friends. And are we uh, a democracy like they always talk about? Yeah, are, between corporations. According to this uh, study, um, and I think it was done in Princeton University, um, our government actually acts as an oligarchy and not a democracy, which we are not a democracy. We're actually a U.S. republic to begin with. But everything we, that we do... Uh, acts in line of an oligarchy. Um, every law that's ever been passed in our history, every bill that's ever been passed, has been agreed on with the top like five percent of wealth or people who own the type five percent of wealth in this country. Every law that's been passed has been approved by them first. So any law that's not approved by them has never been passed in this country. Zero percent. That's a that is. I have to look that study up. I'm not going to post it in the show notes, but. It's there. It's, I think it's Princeton. I, I ain't posting nothing in the show notes. No. I have an ending for this episode later, and okay. that's all about do your own research. Do your own research. Be, uh, yeah. I'm I mean, not your dad. We're not your... Yes, Jay correct. may be your father. I hope not. I don't think so. You don't know. Oh, excuse me. But People yeah, stealing I mean, your socks. How much further do we want to go with this? If you guys want to hear more about this... Like, let us know. Yeah, just let us know. Contact This is Daniel kind of the... Yeah, yeah. Ha- there'll be an email on the link below. Good, good. But we we want we want your uh, opinions, and we will, all the point of this show is just to get um, thoughts out there for you to think for yourself. We're not telling you one way or the other. We're just telling you the information we received, the information we researched, and we're just putting it out there. This is what's out there. Sometimes you got to dig for it, but it's there. So think for yourselves and come to your own conclusions on what you think. You know, fluoride, good or bad? Because I'm. A, have you ever ran to anyone in public that has told you fluoride's good? No, I have. I actually have one time. It was a dental assistant, and oh, uh, I don't think so. Still, so sorry. I just and we were talking about. I forget what we were talking about, and uh, we were talking about teeth for some reason. Because she, probably because she's a dental assistant, so that's kind of she looked pretty. Um, it's no. debatable. And uh, but she, was she brought, older. 
No, no. I mean, I'm what's just, older? I'm, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I'm trying to get your like because there's the type you like, and then there's the type that likes you. Oh, I get it. No, okay, so no, it's about around my age, I think. Okay. And she, we were talking about teeth and stuff like that, because you know, naturally, dental assistant. I guess this is what they talk about. But we were talking about other country, and like I made a joke, and she said, "Yeah, that's probably." And she literally said this, "Yeah, that's because they don't put fluoride in their water." And I was like, "What?" And like I didn't even debate or I was like, "Oh, really?" She's like, "Yeah, you need that. That's why their teeth are bad." And I'm like, mm, okay, okay, I'm not even going to touch this. I let it go. But it was brought up in conversation. So it's not like – it's something that's being taught, and it's – I think it's misinformation. You know what I mean? As oh, we, definitely. I mean, as we cover yeah. But it's not even a thought in their mind. So let's – real quick to wrap this up. Yes, because we could keep going and going and Yes, going. I know. But if you guys want more, we'll do more. Just tell us. Yeah. The three major conspiracies of why they're doing this. Mm-hmm. Number one, it's to get rid of a useless byproduct. Yes. And get profit for it. Mm-hmm. So something they literally before this, they were throwing into the ocean until they were told they weren't allowed to do it anymore. And until Oscar Ewing found out a way to profit. To market it. Yes. Number two, population control. Just overall control, you know, whether it's sleep, cancer, whatever. Then what's number three? You had another third kind of point, and now I forgot it. Uh, was it to – I can't remember now. Like, <laughs> Induced population sickness. Oh, okay. So, yeah, the, the thought – the conspiracy side is like it's uh, to dumb down that, like, that spiritual side or to numb okay. that spiritual side of you, like to uh, sever your connection with your spiritual self, your inner self. Or- to stop us all becoming psychic vampires free-thinking individuals. Yes, that's exactly what a psychic vampire would say. <laughs> psychic vampire? What do you think? Like, like no, people I just, who can I just put project a word their out consciousness? There. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it stops, inhibits that. It may, it may. I don't think everybody has the ability to do that, but it may greatly reduce the number of people that actually do. And it is documented that people actually do. Like we said later, we're going to do an MK Ultra. Uh, not excited for that episode, but only reason I'm not is because the research. They did determine there have been people that have been able to figure things out by uh, remote viewing mm-hmm. and stuff like. So it is possible. There's that lady that read the panel mm-hmm. in uh, I think like Romania. Mm-hmm. She read a panel off of something in Romania. It's it's been documented. These mm-hmm. these things are possible and you know i don't think it's possible in everybody but maybe it could be it's just a a skill maybe you have to learn to unlock or maybe just certain people are special i don't yeah i don't think it's i don't think it's biologically available to everybody everybody. anymore yeah so i don't and where does that come from i don't know is it learned i don't know is it i don't know world's weird Mm -hmm. is a biological bloodline thing who knows well i think that's fair to end on Fair. Yeah. I've been Daniel. I've been Wilbur. And we're going to end this with just telling you, do your own research. Mm-hmm. Don't take anybody's word for any of this, including ours. Correct. This is just kind of open your eyes to some possibilities, to other things, to other options mm-hmm. for the the classic and then the conventional and then the conspiratorial. Because mm-hmm. I kind of go both ways sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do your own research. Read the article. Read the article. Read the papers. Read the actual article. Don't read the overview. And just be open-minded to everything. Have a wonderful day. 
Don't trust the government, because I sure as hell don't. Mm-hmm. Love your family. Oh, good. That's good. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.